0: Well, it's still morning. Good morning, everyone. Those who don't know me, I'm Pastor Dennis. I'm the assistant pastor here. And those of you who do know me know that I love my four children. So, and you know, I'm a big Facebooker, so I'm always posting and bragging about my four kids. Joshua David, Caleb Mandela, Lydia Louise, and Noah Adam. And on Facebook, I brag about how smart they are, you know, going to Walnut Hills. And and I talk about, um, you know, just how kind they are, how gut-looking they are. And also, which was a big surprise to me, because I was a bookworm when I was growing up, how athletic they are. Now, this was a big shock, you know, because, you know, my kids... um, you know play soccer and and my oldest is playing football and they're doing quite well Um, so you know I'm just super proud of my kids but there's but there's one thing about my kids that I really don't like and it it's, it's my pet peeve and probably because I'm old school you know I um I was raised very conservative and and you know that whole thing you know where kids are to be seen and not heard type of thing well but, the, but, the, but I was also taught just this basic, you know, respect type of thing. And what I'm going to share with you is really my fault. And I can talk about them because they're actually at a soccer tournament. <laughs> you know, um, I see the Smiths back there, and that's one thing you really aren't supposed to do is, like, give your family as illustrations. <laughs> but, okay, this is the... Okay, as I told you, you know, my kids are in soccer, you know, so we, we travel thousands of miles you know, taking uh, our kids to soccer games, soccer practices, all that stuff. And then we spend thousands of dollars on hotels, uniforms, and all of that. And then as a result of that, we go out to eat thousands of times. Well, one of the things that is my biggest pet peeve is a lot of times, my kids don't say thank you. And of course, their mom... I mean, you know, we did this when they were four or five. Joshua, what do you say? Thank you. You know, and so when you still have to prompt someone, your kids, you know, you're doing all this. You know, you're sacrificing. You know, you're still driving a Kia van because you spend thousands of dollars on soccer uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and and so sometimes it gets a little hurtful because we kind of raised our kids kind of spoiled, almost like they're entitled to all these wonderful, great gifts. I mean, really, all as parents, all we're required to do is what? Like feed them, (laughs) keep them alive, (laughs) feed them, (laughs) feed them, (laughs) clothe them, (laughs) you know. Just you know, those basic things. And so all the other things are, should be like, oh, it's so grateful. I know when I was coming up, I, I shared this first service. You know, we would go to Ponderosa once a week. Um, and, and that was like once a month. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was such a great, you know, that was huge because, you know, we, we never went out to eat. And so I was just, I remember being always so thankful because I knew... How hard my mom worked. So, um, but as I was thinking of that, it, it caused me to think, "Wow, Dennis, maybe you're a lot like your kids with God." I'm really quick to hand, you know, have my hand out, you know, God, I need something. Or especially when things get tough, I'm quick to pray, um, you know. And, and it's good when I come to church. With the great worship, you know, I I, I say thank you. But how often, as, as was shared in our confession, you know, when I first get up in the morning, I say thank you, God. You know, thank you just for allowing me to breathe. Thank you for your gift of life. And so we're in this wonderful series called All Access. And this is a gift. We get access to God. In order that we might praise Him, in order that we might confess, and in order that we might give Him thanks. And today we're going to talk about giving God thanks. It really is a privilege that we are allowed to give God thanks because, one, He's done so much for us, but also just who He is. And so I would like to share with you from the Gospel of Luke, this is a great story of just some folks... Where God did miraculous things through Jesus, yet not all of them were filled with the gratitude that they really should have. Can we go to Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19? That's Luke 17, verse 11 through 19. And it reads, On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Gracious Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we pray, God, that you would anoint, O God, this word, O oh God, that, Lord, it would accomplish everything that you set it out to do, God. You promised that it would not return void, but, God, that it would accomplish, Lord, your healing, your restoration, God. Whatever you want it to be, God, we pray, God, that you would do a mighty work. Anoint the ears and the heart, Father, that they might receive all that you have for us today. We give you praise. We give you thanksgiving, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we're going to do kind of expositional uh, teaching today. If you can go back to the beginning of that. And we see Jesus, he's uh, walking with his homies, and he's going to Jerusalem. That's what what the scriptures say. On his way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. It's important, I want to really give us a background of Samaria, um, because this really has given us a a precursor of, of what's going to happen Samaria, as you know, was one of those places that Jewish people really were not allowed to go through. Uh, Samaritans, they pretty much hated. And why did they hate Samaritans? Because they were considered half-breeds, meaning that they were not only um, racially mixed Jewish people and from the other nations, but also they had adopted a lot of the pagan theology from all the surrounding pagan religions. And so the Jewish people despised them because the Samaritans just was pretty much antithesis of everything the Jewish people, the um, guy that God had called the Jewish people to be, and, and so they were despised. And, and so they hated Samaritans, and almost to the extent probably more than the Gentiles, whom they called dogs. And so we see here there's this setting is that Jesus is walking in between Galilee and Samaria. And so it's almost like, you know, in a movie, it's almost giving you like this hint that something's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, we see as Jesus was walking, as he entered the village, and actually it's not enter the village, is as he was about to enter when you read the Greek, as he was about to enter the village, ten lepers approach him. Now this is so important, um, because I know a lot of us have heard teachings on lepers, Lepers were, uh, well, first of all, leprosy is that skin disease um, that it would mutilate you, but also it's a nerve-ending disease. And so a lot of times you wouldn't be able to feel pain and you would end up doing things that would cause danger and and like you could cut yourself and you wouldn't feel it and you would like bleed and almost bleed to death. And so you would see a lot of deformities as a result of leprosy. And back in uh, biblical times... There was a Levitical law that if someone had leprosy, that person was ostracized, meaning that person was cut off from the Israeli society, from the Israeli community. So it would almost be like if we knew some Nazis, or we knew some KKK, or we knew some folks that we really didn't like, and we just didn't let them into our clique. And so the, you know, so 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 here you have a leprosy uh, uh, community, and we also have this Samaria community, and this is kind of like the backdrop of this whole thing of access and being thankful. And so we see that Jesus is confronted with these lepers, and I want to show you a picture just to give you an indication just, just how terrible and nasty this stuff can look. It's not a pretty sight, is it? And especially back in that day, the, where there was, you know, not the technology of medicine and all of that, and so, and plus, they really thought that leprosy was contagious, and so the folks, you know, they had to cover up. They had to cover up from their nose down, uh, past, you know, of their face, and they had to keep their distance. They had to live alone, and then they had to cry out whenever they came near people. They have to say, unclean, unclean, unclean. And not only that, but when they would say that, their voices, and this was interesting as I did my study, their voices were very harsh sounding because leprosy impacts your bronchial tubes. And so when you, when you talk, it was like a squeaky, almost demonic kind of sound, and you couldn't get much volume. And so they would cry out, unclean unclean, unclean. And so they gave people notice to stay away because you just might touch or you just might come in contact with. And that was ceremonial unclean as well as you might get the disease. And so that's, you know, that's, so Jesus here is coming into this village and he's confronted with ten of these lepers. And so you see here in scripture that they cry out to him They call out to him, as as, as I just said, probably not in a loud voice, but in a a weak voice, but with all of them together, um, you know, cause some noise. And they're like, Jesus, Master, have mercy. Jesus, Master, have mercy. Now, it's so interesting because Jesus, he looks at them, And all he does, he tells them, he says, just go and show yourself to the priest. Now, I would be kind of outdone, because I think the reason they probably called out to Jesus, because they knew a little bit about him. You know, they they probably knew that he had um, healed other folk. They knew that he had probably fed Uh, 4,000. You know, they probably knew other miracles, and maybe from a distance or from rumor had heard about his teaching. But also in Luke chapter 5, Jesus actually had touched a leper. I mean, which was totally unheard of in that day, that you would actually touch a leper. But Jesus in Luke chapter 5 had actually touched the leper and healed him. But here Jesus speaks to them, doesn't even say that he's going to heal them. He just says, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, what would you do? I mean... Haven't you ever had God to tell you to do something like kind of crazy? Kind of like, doesn't make sense? I mean, really. I mean, in your time of prayer or in your time of, maybe in a meeting or or maybe in a time when uh, your senior pastor and other folks come up and say, Oh, we need to go through this regeneration where we're raising tons of money and and... And, you know, we don't have it. (laughs) And you have to, like, walk out and and do something, you know, that that just doesn't make sense. Well, same thing here. You see these ten lepers. There was something about Jesus that caused them to obey. It wasn't so much the message that he gave about going out and doing this weird thing of showing themselves to the priest. It wasn't about the action. It was more about who told them to go. So we can give those lepers an applause for the faith that they showed, just in obeying Jesus. Now, how many of us would do that? And see, I believe we'll do anything when we're desperate. (laughs) I'll say that one more time. We'll do anything when we're desperate. See, because I know some folks that... um, you know, are suffering with different kinds of diseases and and the United States doesn't allow that particular kind of medication and so they'll go all over the world trying to find that medication so that they can do it just to get healed from cancer or some other disease. I mean, people will go to an extent measures when they're desperate. Those of us who parent who are parents, you let something happen to your child and I bet you'll learn how to pray. I bet even the atheist, you let something happen to your baby, you will call on God. <laughs> There's something about when you're in desperate measure. I mean, when you look like that, and there possibly could be a tiny chance that this man could bring healing to you, and he said, do something crazy like Naaman did and go wash yourself seven times, I think I would kind of do it. But it wouldn't be based on me being so wonderful or had so much faith, it would probably be based on I'm desperate. (laughs) I'm I'm in such a place, I can't go to the doctor, I can't go to the preacher, I can't go, you know, to my family. I just got to go to Jesus. Sometimes God will allow us to get in those situations where all we have is Jesus. And that's something to say amen about. Because though it may feel like a tragedy, it may feel like a letdown, it may feel like God has abandoned us, one thing that comes out of it is our dependency and our relationship with him. So that's why in hindsight, and I do say in hindsight, we can praise God for the calamity because often we get to see God's hand in bringing us out. Oh, somebody needs to be shouting right there. (laughs) Okay, so the first point is that we're all lepers. We're all lepers. And you say, how are we lepers? Well, spiritually, we were all lepers. See, the Bible says that all of us were born into sin. All of us were unrighteous. All of us, our sin was like filthy rags. Do you, do you, I mean, can you imagine? You, you remember how those uh, leprous people looked on the outside? Well, some of us look like that on the inside. Priest Dennis, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, amen to myself. Some of us look like that on the inside, and we can hide it. with our polo sweaters and, and with our nice clothes and with our money, but we're leprous, diseased. And so without God, we are all leprous. We have all been shut out from the family of God. Come on, somebody. I know you may have been born in, in College Hill, Presbyterian Church. But you were still outside the family of God until you were baptized into the covenant family of God. But we were all born into this state of leprous disease and deformity and and not good to look upon or even to smell. So see, this is important. It's important that we always remember from where we came. <laughs> See, sometimes we have been in the church so long that we get amnesia from where we come from. See, I think that's part of the reason why we can judge other people. We're so quick to judge because we've forgotten how ugly we... Ah. <laughs> it's hard to judge somebody when you look like that. And when you know that you look a little bit better had nothing to do with you... But everything to do with him y'all I'm sick and I'm going to preach so we're all lepers Romans 3.10 says as it is written there is no one who is righteous not even one not any of us can claim that we have a strong voice that we look good on the outside or even the inside We're all leprous. But one of the powerful things, and this is number two, is that they called out to Jesus. Even in their weak voices, even in their pathetic estate, they were able and had sense enough when Jesus came by to call out to him. See, that's the beautiful thing about our Lord. You can look as depraved and and messed up and smelly as anything, but there's something about when Jesus sees you <laughs> and his favor is upon you. You don't, you don't have to have a prolific prayer, you don't have to have the loud voice, you don't have to have the magnificent voice, you don't have to look so good. All you have to do is just call on the name of Jesus. And there's something about when he looks your way. So I just want to share with somebody, call on them today. Whatever you're going through, call on the name of Jesus. You know, you may not be in the leprous state in terms of sin without, you know, without Christ, but even in Christ, you can be going through something, and it's very leprous. Call out to them. Sometimes the first thing we do is get on Facebook or get on the phone but I believe Jesus is saying this morning call out even in your weakness call out and then next we see as they call out that Jesus responds Jesus just says all he says is just go and show yourself to the priest I'm like what? number three And so they respond in obedience. And God is calling us to respond in loving obedience. As we look at John 14, 15 through 16, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. The Lord is saying, if you love me, if you have faith in me, I can get you out of that condition. But as we, we later found out, we, the Lord just don't want you to come to him just to get you out the condition, though. Because <laughs> we're going to find out about those other nine. They just came to get out the condition. They didn't want the man. But God wants us to respond with Obedience. That, that brings him glory when we love him so that we respond, even in the crazy request. And then fourth, we see that the lepers, they're on their way and they're being obedient to God. And then all of a sudden, it says that they were healed. I mean, can you imagine? Do you remember those faces up there? I mean, all the boils and all the deformity and the smell and the, and the wretchedness and all of a sudden you're on your way and then you're clean. Can you imagine how they were hopping and jumping and skipping and, and thanking God? But it says that one of them, one of them, He came back. He came back to find Jesus. And this is an interesting thing that I was thinking about. I was like, you know, he had to look for him. I'm sure Jesus just wasn't in the same spot. So, so this, this man, he, he had so much thanksgiving in his heart, so much gratitude that he had to go back and look for the Master. And it says that he finds him. And he falls and he worships him. But this is the powerful point and this is the crux of the whole message. He falls and he cries out with a loud voice. It says, because it, it, in the Greek there it says that his voice is loud. So now he can speak loudly because of the healing. But he's using the healing, the loud voice, not to go play in the clubs but to sing in church he's, he's, <laughs> he's using the healed voice to worship but the word he uses when he says thank you is Eucharisto Eucharisto come on liturgical folk where's that? Eucharisto Where, what, do we, what word do we get? Eucharist. He uses the word Eucharisto. So this man is prostrate. He's on his face. He's using his loud voice. And he says, Eucharisto. What's so amazing about that word is the same word that Jesus used at the Last Supper. It's the same word when it says that Jesus broke the bread. He gave Eucharisto. It's the same word when Jesus turned the five loaves and, and the fish into 5,000 and It says he broke and he Eucharisto. So this leper somehow knew this powerful word of thanksgiving. Because you see, this word Eucharisto is made up of the word charis, which is what? Grace. Oh, come on. So Eucharisto is made up of the word charis, which is grace. So, in essence, you can't give thanks without grace. See, when you acknowledge the grace of God, it's going to give you a natural response of thank you. Oh, come on. <laughs> See, this whole word is made up of the word grace. And not only that, caris is made up of caro, which means joy. So embedded in thanksgiving is you're appreciative of grace, but you're also joyful. Not the joy that the world gives, but the joy that only comes from God. Have you ever been in the midst of something and it doesn't feel so good, but you can still be joyful? There's a saying, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. It's the joy that's deep from the salvation of our great God. It's the joy that comes from the grace of God. It's the joy that comes from the mercy of God. And out of that, we can say, Eucharisto. I think of Jesus. Here he was about to be crucified. He was about to be bludgeoned. He was about to be betrayed and denied. And he had the audacity to say Eucharisto. Ha! He knew what was coming. He knew the affliction that was coming. Oh, but the joy set before him, the grace that he will be affording to you and me, he was able to say Eucharisto to the Father. Thank you, God, for the grace. Thank you for the joy that's set before me. I want to encourage somebody. In the midst of it all, give him Eucharisto. Give him thanks. Not because of the situation, but because of grace and the joy. The joy of your salvation. You can thank your way through a difficult situation. You can. You can thank your way. Because if God hadn't given you anything, He's given you grace. He didn't have to give me four beautiful children. He didn't have to give me all the things I've traveled all over the world. He didn't have to give it. Those are all icing on the top of the cake. All He had to do, or didn't even have to do that. But when He gave me Himself... That's enough to be in worship and thanksgiving all day. But folks, we get to wake up. We get to praise Him. We get to worship Him. We get to confess our sins. We get to walk through this world free. Eucharisto. Yeah, we have tough times. We have troubling times. But through it all, through it all, College Hill Presbyterian Church, Eucharisto, it's his grace and the joy of our salvation. We give him praise and thanks. And Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Now the first Greek word when the lepers were cleansed was Katharizo which is a cleansing, a cleaning, a physical work. But the last verb he uses is sozo, which is salvation. Amen. <laughs> salvation. The man's faith, because he walked out on what the master said. Jesus said, you are made whole. You are saved. Not only was your body cleansed, See, the other ones, they came just to get some food. They just came to get some bread. They just came to get a healing. See, you know, a lot of people, they just want Jesus to get something. Oh, but some of us want Jesus just for him. And he said, because of your faith, because you came back with gratitude and acknowledgement of grace and joy, you are made whole. College Hill, we have been made whole through the blood of Jesus if he gives us nothing else. I know we depend on our material stuff. I know we are all comfortable here in the United States. Oh, but if God gives us nothing else, we have more than enough. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks. We give you Eucharist. Lord, not on anything of who we are or what we've done, but Lord, that you saw this leprous soul. And Lord, you had mercy on this leprous soul. Thank you, God, that you looked our way. Thank you, God, that you looked our way. We didn't deserve it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, that you chose us that we might give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. Bless your people. Empower us to always give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.